0: You're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of Scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, howdy folks. Welcome to another podcast episode. You're with Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. God's grace and peace be unto you, brethren. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, Today will be a combination of things. Um, Most of you may know um, my family and I. We're getting ready for another great kingdom adventure. Uh, We're packing up our family, we're uprooting, and we're moving to Florida, God willing, uh, to start a church plant called the American Reformation Church, and it's based on the four F's, uh, faith, fatherhood, family, and freedom. And as we're contemplating this move, as we're praying and studying and preparing and doing the work, i got to be honest, uh, there's a range of emotions that I am personally going through. It kind of bounces back and forth between something that's very sobering, uh, somewhat scary, uh, and yet at the same time, an incredible... uh, excitement that is uh, rising up in my spirit as I consider uh, the potential and opportunity uh, to move to Florida to start this uh, church plant. Well, you know, it's a little different. Um, You know, I pastored many, many, many years ago actually in the state of Florida, and uh, I pastored for a couple of years. I spent about six years on the evangelistic field, and then when kids started coming, uh, I had to slow down a little bit, so we kind of traveled part-time and pastored part-time. I got to admit, I was very young. I was very raw. Um, I really didn't have uh, the necessary skills uh, to pastor effectively. Um, and hopefully after many, many years, I've gained some experience and maturity uh, so that can change uh, once we get back to Florida and start this new church. Um, but anyway, uh, we, I've been doing a lot of soul searching uh, and realized that, hey, you know, pastoring a church, being an under-shepherd to the flock, a biblical elder in the body of Christ, it, it does require a different approach to ministry, you know, cause I'm used to for the last several decades of leading the saints uh, in battle, you know, for the souls of men, the lives of children and the future of America's soul. And so, you know, that's more of a prophetic mantle. That's more of a, an evangelistic mantle. Um, but to pastor to to shepherd uh, god's flock uh, that's a a whole different set of skills a whole different uh approach to ministry a whole different mantle um, that is needed and necessary uh, to you know pastor effectively uh, in service to god and and to his church and so you know I've been contemplating a few things and uh, along those lines and you know as I was seeking the Lord uh, I remember uh, something that actually happened on the mission field in Jamaica and I'm going to share about uh, this heart of a pastor that I met Uh, in the jungles up in the mountains of Jamaica and I'm going to share a little bit about that missionary journey and the incredible uh, adventure that took place as my first wife and I went on that short-term mission uh, to Jamaica. Now before I do that I did want to look to the scriptures because I've been studying a lot about obviously our lord and savior who is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep you know he is the one you know the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he you know he makes me lie down in green pastures you know uh, he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul and so obviously the lord jesus christ uh is the ultimate Uh, good shepherd, the great shepherd, the bishop of our souls. But we know that he has given gifts to men. He's given offices to men, you know, uh, elders, overseers, uh, deacons, you know, different offices, different gifts that take the mantle of Christ and, uh, and through his church and through church eldership, you know, watches over the flock, makes sure the flock is taken care of, that they're loved, that they're uh, corrected, that they're rebuked if necessary, um, that they're provided for uh, spiritually, and even uh, other means, and um, and so it you know it's a serious undertaking, it's a serious responsibility in the Bible does warn us not to be many teachers because we come under a greater scrutiny of judgment and the reason for that is when you are raised up to be a servant leader in the body of christ that means you have influence so what you say or don't say do or don't do uh carries a a lot of ramifications for those who have been entrusted to your care. So I I want you to know, I feel the burden of that, brothers and sisters, and and, uh, and really taking it serious before God. And so through my studies, um, I came across Ezekiel chapter 34, which says a lot about the false shepherd and the difference between the false shepherd and the true shepherds of the Lord. And we know biblically, brothers and sisters, there there are false teachers, there are false false prophets, right? And there's even false brethren um, uh, amongst the congregation. The apostle Paul assures us of, of these truths, and so you have that which is false, and you have that which is true, and of course you have uh, men in pulpits uh, that are unfortunately they're just hirelings Uh, they're using the congregation uh, to feed themselves rather than feed the flock of god and the way you know uh, they're a hireling is when the wolf comes uh, when the congregation is being challenged or tried or assaulted you know typically the hireling takes off Okay? And you see this. You see this um, in in different parts of the world when when the church comes under persecution that a lot of times the shepherd will abandon the flock when they are needed most. Well, God forbid. God forbid that true men of God uh, would do this. You know what I mean? Uh, Especially when the sheep And the lambs need them the most and so in ezekiel chapter 34 uh, this is god's word he said son of man this is verse well verse one it says and the word of the lord came to me saying son of man prophesy against the shepherds of israel prophesy and say to them thus saith the lord god to the shepherds woe to the shepherds of Israel listen who feed themselves should not the shepherds feed the flock you eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool you slaughter the fatlings but you do not feed the flock now here in the verse 4 it's going to kind of give us um, some descriptions of the failure of the shepherds, and and by virtue of this teaching, show us what true under-shepherds will be about doing the Father's business. And so he says, the weak you have not strengthened. And so we know one of the the, uh, virtues of true Christianity, you who are strong, You know, you help the weak. You don't exploit them. You don't abuse them. You don't show partiality. You use your strength to help them, to encourage them, to support them, to protect them. Okay, so these false shepherds, they have failed uh, when it came to the weak. And here's another thing. Nor have you healed those who were sick. And and brothers and sisters, when it comes to the church, uh, let's face it, we're we're, we're dealing um, with sickness. Some is the sickness of our minds, where we got a lot of stinking thinking, and our minds need to be renewed by the the truth of God's Word. But there's those who are sick in their soul. Uh, You know, the hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's those who are sick in their bodies. And the scripture tells us, when if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil. Let them pray the prayer of faith and pray for their healing, right? And if they've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven them. And so true true biblical elders are going to seek the healing of men's minds, their souls, and their bodies. And through Christ and his shed blood, through the stripes he took, uh, that is available uh through God's church and specifically calling for the elders and so elders we we need to be mindful of that uh we we, we need not uh run from it we we need not um you know uh kind of treat it as a light thing because here he's saying these false shepherds they haven't healed those who were sick nor bound up the broken you know brothers and sisters you talk about brokenness our government is broken our culture is broken you know uh, the family is broken souls are broken and in some cases the church herself is broken and part of the description of a true shepherd is we are gonna bind up the wound right uh what was the 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 accusation uh, of jeremiah to the ministry of of his day um is is the the, he he talks about oh my gosh I I, the reference is they're kind of saying uh where he's they're treating the wound of my people as though it was slight. See, that was Jeremiah's rebuke and an accusation against the ministry and the shepherds of his day. You're treating the wound of my people as though it were slight, right? And we know um, that true brokenness, like when, when men and nations realize, okay, we are broken and we come to the Lord in a spirit of brokenness and contrition. Uh, the Bible tells us a broken and contrite heart, the Lord will never despise. He will never, ever turn away from anybody who comes before Him, and, you know, broken and in and, and contrition. In fact, he treasures those things, right? And so here we have, again, this failure. These, these false shepherds are not uh, binding up the broken. And, and nor, here's another one. Nor brought back what was driven away. Brothers and sisters, you know, you, you know the situation. You've probably gone through it yourself. You know, how many has suffered a church hurt? you know a misunderstanding uh you know uh, you know uh, just in-house fighting and splits and factions and divisions and how many lambs and sheep have been caught up you know uh in in the crosshairs you know of, of these battles these in-house fighting you know what i mean and just became you know hurt and disillusioned and you know, left the church and, you know, you know, their church is a bunch of hypocrites, you know what I mean? I could go to the bar and buy, you know, have better fellowship than, you know, what I find in church. And I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, listen, as pathetic and weak as the church is, you know, it's like somebody once said, I think it was Pastor Keith Tusey, you know, the ark, speaking of the church as an ark, yeah, it's messy, it, it, it's problematic, it has a lot of issues, but it's the only boat that floats. Brothers and sisters, we cannot be rightly connected to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the head of the church, unless we are in his body. And I get it. I Brothers and sisters, I could be the poster child for church hurt. And I got to tell you, fighting this battle, I never left the church, but she left me a lot of times. In fact, at times she bound me up and turned me over to my enemies and abandoned me when I needed her most. But I got to tell you, in this battle to abolish abortion, yes, we must hate the hands that shed innocent blood because God hates it. But we also must love what he loves and he does love his church. And so there are prodigals out there, right? Who, who, who you know, grew up in the faith and then sin and hurt and disappointment and disillusionment came a- along and they were driven away. Well, true under shepherds are going to go after them. Like our Lord and Savior, he leaves the 99 to go after that one who went astray, right? This is part of the, like our, you know, the duty of, of being a faithful under-shepherd, right? And he says, "...nor sought what was lost," but listen, "...but with force and cruelty you have ruled them." And understand, that uh, to be a true biblical shepherd, an under-shepherd of Christ, you, you, you don't lord it over uh, the Lord's flock. Uh, it's 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 not like a top-down uh, leadership model. You know the scripture says the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. That means you are underneath. You you're bearing the burden. You are carrying the weight as you serve the purposes of God uh, to feed. Uh, The sheep to take care of the lambs of God, so critically important. Now, there's more to be said in Ezekiel chapter 34, but I at least wanted to sort of lay that biblical foundation as I launch into this testimony uh, and a story. You know, I've found every time I share our, our stories of serving the Lord, people are just encouraged by that. Uh, It strengthens their faith and inspires them. And so, yeah, there was a time when uh, we got invited, my first wife and I, Liz, to go to Jamaica on the mission field. And it was about a a month-long journey. Uh, It was incredible. It was an eye-opener. We we, we got into Jamaica, and uh, we went to Kingston. And we went to uh, the public square. So we, we had different ministry opportunities to minister in churches. Uh, we did some outreaches, and, uh, and and even one of the times we went uh, to an orphanage, and sort of like an orphanage hospital uh, for for children. And I, I got to tell you, it was uh, it was heart wrenching. Uh, the conditions were absolutely deplorable. Uh, They were understaffed. They really didn't have uh, the true resources to really take care and minister to these kids. Now they did have a heart to serve in the name of the Lord, but I gotta tell you, it was difficult. It really, really was to see the plight of these children and the lack of resources to truly uh, care for their needs. And so obviously it was an eye-opener, our hearts broke. Uh, we, we ourselves were, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of resources ourselves. And so, we you know, we just had to commit the plight of these children and their needs uh, to the Lord. Uh, but that was uh, really an eye-opener. Uh, to the conditions of Jamaica and the ministries there. Like again, they had a heart to serve, they had a the heart to care, they just really didn't have the resources to do it effectively. And um, these, uh, these uh, full-time uh, missionaries that was in Jamaica that invited us over, you know, they were just sharing, you know, showing us the true condition of uh, Jamaica and the pressing needs, and and um, they also kind of brought us to different locations like schools, uh, and they told us the shenanigans of the American so-called missionaries, the short-term missionaries that will come over there, and the 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 deplorable. Self promotion uh, that took place, and they told us of incidences where so called American missionaries would come to schoolyards, have a bunch of candy, you know, throw it up in the air, and all the kids would gather around and they would take pictures of them with these children, and then falsely sending those pictures back home and saying, Support. Our orphanage over here in Jamaica and so we were just you know it uh, this this trip was an eye-opener at so many levels and to realize uh, this uh, underhanded this fraudulent activity that was taking place in the name of the Lord and brothers and sisters uh, it happens all over the world and so you, you, you really need to be very discerning and vet those who say they are missionaries doing a great work, when in reality it's nothing but a lie. And they're using these kids uh, to raise money uh, to fatten uh, their pocketbook. And uh, God knows, and uh, God sees, and uh, they will get their reward, I promise you, in Jesus' name. Uh, so anyway, um, one of the first outreaches we did, we, we went to Kingston, and there was this public square. And so, you know, my wife and I, you know, we did drama. She would sing, and I would preach the Word of God. And so when we showed up with the missionaries, you know, they cut us loose. And boy, I, I tell you, in a matter of minutes, there were literally hundreds of gathered around it was a huge crowd and and so man you know my wife is ministering in song we're doing the skits and and let me tell you the holy spirit is just moving uh there's a great conviction uh taking place and when i say it stirred up the powers that be i mean it was incredible so you had those uh who were ethiopians there thinking that they're the chosen race of god uh we had a guy himself who thought he was god in the flesh and then he had the rastafarians with the dreadlocks and so as as we're ministering of the gospel of the kingdom like people are getting agitated like it is stirring it up and like You know, they would like, you know, talk about, come on, man, let us reason together, man, let us reason together, you know, and so they were just being used to interrupt uh, the service. And so, you know, I I had to address them. I had to take sort of take care of business, even though I didn't want to stop the flow. And of course, what they were bringing to the table was absolute gobbledygook. I mean, just false doctrine false teaching uh false theology and 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 so i was like you know what uh these people don't need this nonsense these people need the gospel of jesus christ and that's what exactly what i'm gonna give them and so we just went back to preaching god's word and um and boy proverbial crap hit the fan again. They got so agitated and it got to the point where the people themselves started crying out against these people going, Absalom, Absalom, we don't want to hear you, man. We don't want to hear you. We want to hear this man. And it got so intense that the people started grabbing, uh, um, literally physically kind of started to tear us apart Uh, To the point, uh, the missionaries had to step in uh, to provide a way of escape. And so, I do know the Lord moved there powerfully. I do know there were souls saved, but there was literally, like in the book of Acts, a riot took place as we ministered the gospel of the kingdom. Well, as we were serving in other places and other ministry opportunities, word came to us. And this was, this was pretty serious, brothers and sisters. Word came to us that there was a main village in the mountains of Jamaica somehow heard uh, that, of our ministry and had invited us to go up into the mountains. Now, here's the deal. Uh, this was a place where not too many white people uh, tread because it was dangerous. And, and the missionaries warned us, like, this, this is serious. Uh, this is a dangerous place. But I believe that, you know, the Lord opened that door. And so Liz and I, we were, we were going to go. And it was an amazing journey up the mountains, brothers and sisters. It was hairy as can be, driving on these mountain roads, man. I mean, seriously, like it really increased our prayer life intensely. Um, so we we, we we passed through a number of different small villages, and then we get to the main village. And I got to tell you, the, again, the, the village was just dilapidated. Uh, these were extremely poor people living in poor conditions, they had one uh, pipe that brought water uh, to the entire village. And so they were still like carrying buckets to their homes, uh, you know, to provide water uh, for their families for their washing. um, and, 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 you know, take, you know, dishes and shower and, and stuff. So it was very, very primitive and um one of the elders of the church he was the only one that literally had a concrete house and that was considered you know like like moving on up the east side you know that was that was a high apartment you know uh in the village where most were just living in huts and shacks and again just really poor uh conditions and um And so the door opened up, the the head pastor, he he was the main pastor, not only over his village, but he was sort of the pastor of pastors of the smaller villages. And so he he was doing a great work, uh, brothers and sisters, again, lacking the resources to do it effectively. But he did have a heart. Uh, to love and serve, you know, God's people. And so he opens up the meeting. It's well attended. People came from a lot of different villages. And I sort of preached along the lines that, you know, where there's spiritual darkness, you know, there's mental ignorance, you know, and there's physical poverty. Uh, But when the light comes on, when the truth is revealed, it does improve man's condition because he's going from light to darkness, from ignorance to truth. And of course, with truth comes freedom. And, uh, you know, those nations, let's face it, that, um, you know, uh, that come to Christ, that uh, live according to his word, uh, there is an uptick in the quality of life. Uh, We we see that throughout uh, redemptive history. And so as I'm ministering God's word to them, I'm looking at this pastor and he, 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 I'm seeing tears like flow down his face and he's almost like shaking, you know? And I, you know, I, I, I didn't know like you know what their normal practice is but at one point as i'm just giving them heaven and really you know ministering the lord's word he literally gets on his knees wow and he kind of crawls to me and he just bursts out and he said pastor i want to care for my flock i want to i want to see my flock healed I need God's grace, I need his power, I need his presence. You know, would you pray for me? And I'm like, "Whoa, dude." Like, you know, man, you know, I, you know, in America, you know, that that's not going to happen, right? It's if it does, it's like seriously rare. Like somebody's just going to interrupt the preacher, you know, as he's he's ministering the gospel, uh but this this man was so burdened for the plight of his people that he was desperately crying out to God, you know, to do a more effectual job, uh, to minister to their needs, like their souls, their bodies. I mean, he just wanted God to save. He wanted God to heal. He wanted to uh, see uh, his people uh, delivered. And it just was I, I just like when I'm thinking about pastoring in you know, Florida, just seeing the heart of this under-shepherd tortoise people just came like roaring back to me. And I remember after the service and after this ministry time, they took me to the um, the concrete house. Again, this was the high-dollar place to live in this village. And I'm sitting there you know with the, the the pastor the elders and some of the the villagers and obviously they didn't have any like money to like give us an offering but the offering they did get, give uh, will last a lifetime i remember just like sitting there with my wife and i knew like the food that they were presenting to us to give to us to eat. I knew like this was their best. Like it's it's like the widow with the two mites. I knew this is what the best this village could offer to my wife and I. And I got to tell you brothers and sisters, it absolutely like broke me. I'm almost like choking on my food as tears are coming down my face and you know, and I, you know, I kind of went there, you know, I'm the man of faith and power for the hour. And, you know, I'm going to give them heaven. And the Lord just totally smashed me. He just totally smashed me. I was so humbled by this, the loving faith of these Christians living up in the mountains of uh, Jamaica. And I got to tell you, it was a, it was a huge game changer for me as a minister of the gospel of the kingdom. And I got to be honest, like everywhere I've ever gone overseas, uh, that has ringed true. It it really, really has. And, you know, you come back home and you see Americans who have no clue, like no clue, like what we have as a people. And when we have this entitlement mentality, like we deserve this and we should have it because we're Americans. I tell you what, like every American needs to go to a third world country. I mean, really just for a reality check. And believe me, this nation, we're raising a nation of young people who hate this nation. You know what I mean? And wanna see its demise. And again, they, they they don't know what they're losing because they don't know what they have. But boy, I tell you, you go overseas, it is a reality check, big time, big time. And so anyway, brothers and sisters, as I'm contemplating uh, this move to Florida and um, seeking the the true shepherd, the good shepherd, the bishop of our souls to say, Lord, just take this vessel of mine and um, love and serve and care and protect and provide uh, for your flock. And I I want that same kind of heart that this Jamaican pastor kind of showed uh, towards uh, the the lambs and the sheep uh, in his villages and it was so touching. It was so moving, brothers and sisters. And I, and I, and I know that, um, hey, listen, you know, caring for the sheep and the lambs, uh, that's that's not, that's not easy work. You know, it really takes a lot of efforts, a lot of hard work uh, to do this effectively. And so, brothers and sisters, I would covet your prayers um, as we make this move. Uh, as we start this church plant and, uh, of course, seeking to lay it on the foundation of Jesus Christ and, and then being very careful how we build upon that foundation, that everything we say and do will be according to the Scriptures. And uh, that is my heart. That's what I'm seeking to accomplish when we get there. And, of course, we're praying for uh, the leadership, for the laborers, For the prayer warriors for the resources the finances that would establish a work that honestly brothers and sisters i i really hope it becomes like a kingdom warehouse that we not only um you know feed the flock of god uh under our care uh, but we would have resources to help other Christians and churches to do the same. So anyway, um, that's the conclusion of this podcast episode. And just want to encourage you, as always, keep pressing on to that high call and prize. God bless you, saints. Till next time.